When I feel it's time for a baseball podcast. It's the fantasy focus baseball podcast. When I feel it's gotta have two hosts. They've gotta be Eric Carabella, Tristan Godcroft. Wow, that doesn't fit the rhyme or meter, but that's okay. All right, that was the open to today's fantasy focus baseball. It's Thursday, April 23rd, 2020. (laughs) What am I doing? No, that's fantastic. That's what people are listening for. They're not listening to hear me talk. So uh, we're using Squadcast recently now, and it's awesome. And Tristan named himself the Stone Tristan Pilots on today's Squadcast. You know why Uh, I did that, right? It's because I couldn't fit Stone Temple Cockroft. I think this works better, to be honest. So he decided to sing a Stone Temple Pilots song to open today's show. Uh, as I kill my email now. And uh, I am, of course, philosophical guest. I haven't figured out how to name myself, so it just gives me a name each time. That's Although mine, name. mine today's pretty good because yeah. I am a little philosophical and I am just a guest on your show today. Uh, it's a big day today in the sports world. College football players will be finding homes in the NFL tonight. I'll be watching. Kyle will be watching. Tristan, I don't know. Uh, but oh, uh, the NFL fun. draft is upon us um, for baseball. Uh, not a lot going on. <laughs> we still don't know if there will be a season, but we will host podcasts until they tell us not to. That, of course, is Tristan, Salt and Stat, winner of leagues, Slayer of Dragons, even though he has no idea what that final reference there means. Um, Kyle Sapi pushes the few buttons at his disposal to record our little show, which we're conducting, as we said, over Squadcast. We can see each other and watch Tristan dance around while he sings, but you can only hear us. Um, Eric, someone had to host, though honestly, at some point soon, I assume they're going to upgrade, perhaps through the draft. Perhaps they'll get a good host through the draft tonight. We're going to trade up? Uh, I don't think you have to to get a better better host, honestly. Um, Come on, give yourself more credit here. I I name you first in the songs. There's a reason for that. Yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, I'm in alphabetical order. How could I? Today's show will be more of the same, which some of you seem to be enjoying. More baseball reference sims, more trivia and singing, more hash browns. And please, if we're going to podcast twice a week, we need more questions on Twitter to Kyle. So please send in advance of next Monday. Um, Tristan, you have a a buzz song for us today? A buzz song? Hmm. Uh, By the way, my neighbor is apparently mowing his lawn right now. (laughs) So you might be hearing that. I don't know what to tell you. Kyle, can I don't you know. Like, mute if, me when I'm not speaking. <laughs> Do they have? Or you want to I love this. How you know, in all of these little conference things we do online, they're all really confusing. How you change the mute and you unmute, and then people are talking and they're muted. Then you unmute and you don't realize you haven't muted. And I don't know. Eh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, the only Zoom, the only stuff I'm doing is basically this podcast. I got no STP kind of thing for that. Yeah, the best thing I can think of is buzz, buzz, baby. It's a crash, crash, crash. That's great. I don't know. That's great. You're making this stuff up as you go along. <laughs> Fantastic. Big Bang Baby came to my mind right away. That was, uh, yeah, right at the end of, was that after college? No, I think it was in college, right right at the end. Yeah, you're a lot younger than I, so your taste in music is a little bit different than mine. Um, but that's okay. What's your favorite album, just in general, no matter the band? Favorite of any band? And do you remember your first album? Or STP. No, just anybody. My first album. I went I, for a run yesterday outside. It was a nice uh, day. And I put I listened to an album on my phone while I was running. And that's like the first album that I ever remember listening to. I was at summer camp. I was a kid. 
the first album I was introduced to, I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Um, do you have an album like that? Uh, all right, I'll throw two of them. One was, I remember getting the Counting Crows August and everything after because I was waiting specifically for that one the day that I got it. But the, the first CD on CD album that I got, if I recall, was U2's Octung Baby, which was a tremendous album. Yeah, see, uh, my first album is before CDs. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, I didn't say that's my first. I'm just saying no, that's all right. CD. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, on my run yesterday, I listened to Zenyatta Mandata by the Police, and it's a fantastic yes. album. And you might, you might think, wow, that's a strange choice, but that was the first one I listened to, and uh, you know, and I love it, and I still listen to it. Uh, I, if you were honest about your first album, I don't think it's that. I can tell you that uh, the first I remember is the Jim Henson Muppet christmas record and it was a record way back when i was a little kid loved that thing yeah i don't, I don't remember that one um Come although on, i have been trying to, to that. i've been trying to find what is it those uh i'm just a bill multiple all those all those songs um you know the songs i'm talking about yeah. like uh, that one i know schoolhouse rock yeah, yeah. yeah schoolhouse rock and it's not in my Magic spotify number. the songs for schoolhouse rock are not there Really angry. I want huh. this changed. Yeah, they have like other people singing those songs. All right, let's do some trivia. Oh, that baseball. was the that was the nineties, I think, where they did the the covers. Blind Melon did Three Is the Magic Number. They did some covers, so those are some of those are there. But I, I just want to listen to the originals from multiple from rock, you know Schoolhouse Rock, and they just they weren't available to me. Um, you, have, I have a trivia question. Do you have a trivia question? I do. I'm not blown away by it. So why don't we? If you want to throw a curve, go. We'll go with yours. <laughs> it's throwing a curve. Um, so. <laughs> so our pal Mike Gianell from the Fine uh, Baseball Prospectus website, please check them out. He texted me the other day because he's doing a uh, a 2006 Stratomatic season, and he asked me, "Do the Phillies trade away stuff at the deadline that made them actually better in the clubhouse?" And I was like, "Yeah, Bobby Abreu. Nobody liked him." So, and then he says, "It's amazing that the Phillies' best player during their title run never won an MVP." We all know that's Chase Utley. He's their best player. So he said to me, do you know who is the hitter with the most seven-plus war seasons, wins above replacement seasons, since 1947 with nary an MVP award? And my first guess, I knew it wasn't Utley, although Utley has five of them, which is pretty good. The record's seven. I guess Wade Boggs right away. He actually has six. Okay. There's one player since 1947 that has seven seven war seasons without an MVP. It's not Boggs. It's not Utley. And if you think about all the players, I mean, a lot of them have won MVP awards. We'll get the answer later on the show. What's uh, what's your trivia? Huh. Or do you not want to give it now? Oh, I'll, I'll give you the trivia because then I can sing, right? Yeah. Trivia, trivia that Eric won't know. Of course, I won't know the answer to yours. I'm thinking about that one. But I'll let you chew on this one as well. And we'll get both answers at the end of the show. Uh, simply put, I'm going to ask you to name the five active players who have had a season with at least tw- uh, at least 40 doubles and 40 home runs. So active players, there are five of them who have had a season of at least 40 doubles and 40 homers. Okay. Yeah, I'll think about that. I'll, I'll chew on that. Um, <laughs> like I said, I think I like yours better than this one. I'm going to be thinking about that. Mm. No, I mean, I mean, obviously, like Miguel Cabrera, there's got to be some guys like that. I got to think of Votto. I'll, 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 I'll think about it. Um, and then you think about mine. And by the way, for people that are looking for something to do, so there was an ESPN story earlier this week by, I think, Alden Gonzalez, 
on Stratomatic and ABBA to great games. I know our friend Kaylee's been playing those. I am currently enjoying uh, Dynasty League Baseball. Google it for the how to get to the website. Um, I'm playing out the 2020 season along with Steve Gardner, our friend who goes to today. He's, he's the defending. You're kind of playing. Are you playing? I'm jumping back into that. Yeah, okay. last week. Last week was a little, yeah. Yeah, no, I, you're excused. But, like, um, yeah, you're the Yankees. Although you really ought to be a team in the NLE so we can play. But um, anyway, that's, we're playing out the 2020 season, and I love it, but it's so frustrating because the Phillies have no relief pitching. And I have a 13-man pitching staff, and it's still never enough. They're all tired. So, and only Hector Neris is good. And So the other day, I'm playing a game at Wrigley Field against the Cubs, and I'm blowing like a 7-2 lead and a 10-4 lead. And finally, it's the eighth inning, and I'm, I have to bring in Hector Neris at some point. He is not allowed to run the entire season. He's probably pitched 10 times, we're 30 games in. He is not allowed to run. He comes in with two men on, and we're up a run. And Josh Fagley pinch hits for the Cubs. He's like their third-string catcher, right-handed batter. And I looked it up. He's 0 for 16 for the season against right-handed pitching. And you know what happens. And the wind is blowing in 26 miles per hour. And, of course, he hits a three-run homer, and I lose 14 to 12. The game breaks your heart. Steve and I are going to play another challenge series soon. Uh, his 82 uh, Orioles club my 77 Phillies. And um, maybe we'll do like a 90s matchup. Um, are you enjoying the game? I mean, Dynasty League Baseball is pretty good. Yeah, it is. And I'm finding similar things to you that that even with the depth of the Yankees bullpen, dealing with the warm-up rules in that game and dealing with managing the bullpen like. is a little bit tricky. I, I agree. Like I, I like it a lot. You should have to warm up a, star, a relief pitcher to get him into a game. Like, you don't have to do that on Diamond Mine. So we have two Diamond Mine leagues that are going on right now. Those are great fun. I don't want to have to think about what we do in 2021 yet. Um, out of the park, of course, who does the baseball reference sims. That's fantastic. Stratomatic. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something. Let's talk about some of the baseball reference sims. Um, we, so we focused on the pitchers on Monday's show, the guys that maybe we were not even thinking about drafting, but are simulating out so well that maybe we're missing something. Uh, we talked about a couple of those pitchers. Just listen to Monday's show. I'm sure it's there. So let's talk about some of the hitters right now who are doing great things. And maybe we're not considering them. And there's two guys batting 400 on the season. They're probably about 30 games in two. One is Carlos Santana, who we are drafting in the middle rounds. David Dahl of Colorado is batting 407. Now, obviously, some of that has to be Coors Field fueled. But is, is injury reasons the only reason? I mean, I think David Dahl probably gets drafted in most leagues later on, maybe around 18 or so. But what are your sooner. thoughts? Definitely sooner than that. Okay. So – if David Dahl, let's assume David Dahl's never playing 162 games, but if he plays like 130, he can still be a really valuable fantasy asset. He can still bases. He has power. What are your thoughts on David Dahl? Not blown away by the skills because, and we've mentioned this the entirety of his career to this point, which, albeit being short, he doesn't have the best plate discipline. So there's going to be a lot of streakiness in his game, the ballpark, and then, of course, the home road part is going to come into play with that. And as you mentioned, the injuries. Uh, I, I'm, I'm trying to get the exact number for him. Let's see. Uh, the NFBC overall, the entirety of this preseason is 143 overall. So it's a little sooner than you're describing. And I might have ranked him a round or two sooner than that. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. I do believe he's one of the players that I would be concerned about if – Coors Field is not in the 2020 equation. Yeah, I'm not giving that any, you know, any look until I know for sure, because I just think it's kind of ridiculous. 
Um, okay, so David Dahl, obviously injury concerns. I haven't looked up exactly what his career high in games is, but he always seems to be hurt, and that's part of the issue. And, and let's talk about another guy who always seems to be hurt, although he actually always is hurt. Byron Buxton is doing some nice things in this simulation. Last I looked, let me see if I can get it here. Um, yeah, he's got uh, six home runs, 20 RBI, five steals, and um, that's pretty good, batting only 236. Not a guy who takes a lot of walks. So his, I like to do this sometimes where I look at home runs, stolen bases, and walks and see what the highest number is. I did it with, like, Tim Anderson, I think I did it with recently. Um, so, And that's in real life, Tim Anderson, because I was writing about the White Sox for a story. Maybe it's posted. And um, I was like, how does a guy bat three, what, 330 and win a batting title by taking, you know, what do you take, 20 walks? He took seven <laughs> He took 15 walks last season. So yeah. Tim Anderson last season had 18 home runs, 17 steals, and 15 walks. I can't imagine that's happened too often in history, where a guy had more homers and more steals than walks. Not combined, individually. That's more unbelievable. Homers, were more homers and steals combined, or more of each. More than- of each. So Tim Anderson actually last year, with 15 walks, he had more steals than walks and more home runs than walks. How is that possible? Yeah, anyway, that's that takes some doing. That's, I mean, maybe uh, Tom the intern is going to have to figure that out today this afternoon and get back to us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I just realized that's crazy. Anyway, Byron Buxton is kind of doing that right now. So, who would you rather draft, David Dahl or Byron Buxton? <sighs> I, ooh, that's close. I, yeah, I probably would draft Dahl. I, I'm, I'm not uncomfortable. Look, I'm. I'm trying not to forget about Buxton, but at the same time, I've got the pull the other direction of of not not overrating him because you know how much I believe in the defense driving playing time. The injuries are the the neutralizer there, and he does give you a good number of stolen bases. And nowadays, those are valuable. But I, I, I mean, it's the best case scenario is a two sixty five, two seventy hitter with twenty home runs. You know, I that's not a top fifty overall player, even if he gives you a full season. I mean, I, I just can't see it. Um, let's talk about some other hitters. So, I, again, we're not excited about drafting Dollar Buxton, but it's interesting what they're doing here. And another guy who's doing really well, and again, injuries, Roman Quinn of Philadelphia has like nine stolen bases already. He's got a little bit of pop. Um, he doesn't have a lot of durability, but Philadelphia really doesn't have a center fielder right now either, Adam Hazley, I guess. But they could have a Quinn-Hazley platoon maybe. But Quinn's a better player when he's healthy. He's certainly got among – he's got great speed. Is it? I don't want to talk only about injury-prone guys, but Roman Quinn, to me, if he could ever stay healthy, he could steal 40 bases. Right now he's got nine. The only two guys are more, Malik Smith with 13 and Adalberto Montesi with 12. Mm-hmm. Which one are we focusing on? I'm, 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 I was very curious to find about the homers and steals thing, and I did find a guy who had the same number of steals as walks, by the way. <laughs> so you're looking that up and not listening to a word I'm saying. That, that's of a course. normal show, we're talking, folks. We're talking steals. I know, but which one do you want? You threw well, several names. Give me Roman Quinn. Yeah, do you so, think Roman Quinn is interesting in a deeper league or no? If it's an NL only, if it's a 16 plus team mixed league, perhaps. But I, I tend – first of all, we've been advising against drafting the Jared Dyson types, the, even the Malik Smith types. Specifically Dyson, we're trying to fade him because that's all he gives you. Quinn is going to be like that. I, I probably prefer Quinn's overall skills to Dyson's for fantasy purposes, but he's not an everyday player. And I think the Phillies are going to use him in um, kind of like Dyson's role in Kansas City. And that just means there's not going to be enough volume. 
Uh, speaking of Kansas City, the number two guy in extra base hits so far this season is Hunter Dozier, who I wrote about uh, for one of my stories. I don't know when it ran or if it ran, but Hunter Dozier is moving from third base to right field. Got a little bit of pop. He got off to a great start in real life in 2019, and he's simming very nicely right now. He leads the league in doubles. Hunter Dozier, to me, seems like a guy who nobody's drafting, or if they are, they're taking him in the last couple rounds, but he could actually be your starting corner infielder. You take him late, round 20 or so, but this is a potential breakout guy. Dozier is? Mm. Yeah. You disagree? Yeah, I, I feel like he did last year, and I don't know how much more room he has to grow. Like, I... I, I... I I don't think he's getting enough attention. I think he is a better player than the scrap heap type or, you know, a, a non-consideration in mixed leagues and in AL only leagues ending up in the single dollars and not with my, very much feverish bidding. I think that's kind of unfair, but is last year, is last year about the best we're going to see from him? I mean, 279, 26, 84. I, I, how much more room does he have to grow? He heard an oblique in the middle, middle of the season, did nothing in the second half. And what I noticed about him, his speed rating is like in the top 90 percentile. He had 10 triples. Now, he's not a big base stealer, but he could steal 12 bases if he wanted to. He's got the speed to do that. He just seems a little underrated to me. Hunter Dozier's stats match up with guys who are being drafted in round 10, 11, 12. Like, his best stats are better than Yasiel Puig's, and people are still drafting an unemployed Yasiel Puig 10 rounds ahead of Dozier. That's my point, is that his stats match up favorably with other players that are going in, in, the, in the middle of the draft, yet Dozier's not going in the middle of the draft. So that's just something to consider. That's all. Actually, an interesting point on him with where, where you said about the speed is that his stats cast uh, speed score is 28.3 feet per second. That actually yeah. grades him slight, I mean, just incrementally better than Kevin Biggio and Adam Eaton. So yeah, and and actually actually just behind Jared Dyson, who we mentioned before. I think these are all my yeah. points. Okay. That, that this yeah. is a guy yeah. who has like everybody in fantasy just looks at stolen bases when they're thinking about speed ratings. Well, here's a guy who has a good speed rating and doesn't steal bases, but that means maybe he could have his Lance Berkman season with 15 steals, and we don't know. Like, there's something there. I'm just saying, I'm I like Hunter Dozier as a late round pick. And I'm a little surprised that he's not a mid-round pick. And, I, and maybe if I ever redo my rankings because they're going to play baseball, I might do that. That's all. You think might- so? So in the ten-team leagues, you think you'd put him in that? Uh, well, he'd have to be top two fifty to qualify for this. Do you think he, he will be in my top two fifty if he's not already there? Okay. Yeah. You know, the number he's being unfairly. Yeah, you know, I, his, his numbers correct. don't jump out at you from last year, but they were pretty good. You know, who the number two guy in the majors and wins above replacing is. Miguel Rojas of Miami. And you might think, oh, what do I want with Miguel Rojas? But um, I think he's got like a decent combination here. He's got – eyes is not working. Okay. I, I can't pull it up right now to see exactly what his numbers are. You would think if you do a search, it would work. He's got three home runs, 19 RBI, five steals, and he's batting 363 with a good walk rate. Mm-hmm. And he's leading, like, leading off from Miami. Miguel Rojas, we never thought of him as a guy with any power or speed because he never showed that in the past. Mm-hmm. But right now, Miguel Rojas, in the simulation, there's something I, – I thought when when Miami signed him to a long-term contract, I was like a three-year extension. I was like, why, why would you do that? Miguel Rojas, he was already 30, 30 years old. He had, a, he had five homers and nine steals last year. Nothing special about that. He's simming really nicely right now. Is it possible that Miguel Rojas – is a better Tim Anderson, maybe like 15 home runs, 15 steals, 
but with a batting average he can sustain. I know that sounds crazy, but is it possible that Miguel Rojas could do what Tim Anderson is doing and sustain it? I'll lean to no, but the question intrigues me. I, I don't think that there's similar pop or speed to Miguel Rojas as Tim Anderson. But to your point about uh, a higher batting average, he is he's almost the exact opposite of Tim Anderson. He makes incredible contact. We're talking about a guy who's got K rates just north of 10 percent. Uh, and that makes him very stable, very consistent in the batting average category. and. I'd liken him to David Fletcher as a as a better comp. We're drafting Fletcher in, what, the 20th round or so of Fantasy Leagues this year, which I think might be a little bit aggressive. Miguel Rojas is really not much different a player. He's got great defense, so he's going to find spots potentially at several different positions for the Marlins if they want to look at him more utility than the everyday shortstop. And he's not going to hurt you in batting average. I, I think that's a pretty good guy to get for volume in NL-only leagues. That's... Yeah, that's a good comp. The a, the NL version of David Fletcher. You might be thinking, why are we talking about this? You know who the best players are. I mean, we could tell you who who is leading the league in home runs and, and RBI in these Sims. And that's the guys you know. I mean, a couple surprises. I mean, Jordan Alvarez has 37 RBI and second place has 24. Yeah. So Houston's putting a million guys on base and he is knocking them all in. Fran Moreas is hitting home runs. But I just, I'd like to talk about some other players once in a while. And we never would have thought about Miguel Rojas. But if he can have a season what David Fletcher just did, you would want him on your team as like your middle infielder in a deep league. That's why I'm talking about him. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we did the pitchers on Monday. We did the hitters today. And maybe next Monday we'll go back to the pitchers and do it that way. Because I think this is kind of working how we're doing our shows. Um, so what else do we need to do in the first half of the show? There's nothing really to read you here. You want to revisit revisit of the walk topic? The walk topic, yes. More, was skills, the walk- more homers than walks. Uh, one who got very close to it last year, along with Tim Anderson, and has done several times as Starling Marte. He got okay. very close, but didn't do it. But do you know the last two who did it? One, there's some hints around here. There's a bobblehead of said player right over there. <laughs> the, last, the last guy that did it, there's a bobblehead sitting Alfonso right over Soriano? there. Alfonso Soriano. Alfonso Soriano. Among batting title eligibles, the last one to do it was Alfonso Soriano, who did it in 2002 when he hit uh, 39 homers, stole 41 bases, and walked 23 times. So that wasn't even close. And why do you have an Alfonso Soriano bobblehead? Why wouldn't I? It's, it's, I, I mean, I've got Soriano and, no, good Bernie, point. you know, good and, point. Tommy John and Don Mattingly and, you know, Jeter and Bernie and Paul O'Neill and uh, all of them. Hey, by the way, a Hall of Famer was the last one to do it before Alfonso Soriano. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not a Hall of Famer. I I just think of him as a guy who had a Hall of Fame caliber resume in his career. Sorry. That's (laughs) – Now I'm intrigued. Pete Rose. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, it was a guy that we all really wanted to take for the uh, the what, what do we call it? The greatest of all time teams. Project Goat. Project Goat. Project Goat, which is still going on. Very popular to... pick for Project Goat. Nineteen ninety nine, and he had more homers and steals than walks. Correct. He had thirty five home runs. He had twenty five stolen bases. He walked twenty four times, and his name was. I don't know. 
Yvonne Rodriguez. Oh, he's a Hall of Famer, isn't he? Yeah. Kinda, that's what I th- Well, He just made it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm making sure. <laughs> yeah, he's in. All right, because that screwed me up. I, I don't yeah. know if I would have gotten him anyway. So you're like, if you're going to give us a trivia question, you got to make sure that some of the stuff is right. You know what the problem is? When we get into the, the, the steroid-linked guys that everybody likes to talk about and Piazza fell into this, it's really hard for me to get into that gray area as to who actually made it and who didn't. It's ridiculous how that topic – see, this is the thing. It clouds our judgment. All right, that's the first half of our show. Now it's time for some hash browns with Kyle. Kyle, what you got today? Yeah, we've got a few on Twitter, as Eric mentioned earlier. Just keep sending them to me. We'll get to them when we can. Obviously not running, you know, no new baseball news. So we'll take as many questions as we can. Zach wants to know if you guys have any ideas to keep engagement high in a keeper league if we do lose the entire season, whether it's a sim league, a GOAT project. What are some things you're doing to keep your league mates involved? Yeah, Tristan and I were just discussing that. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, there's some people that are going to not want to play. I mean, my my bottom line is you can't make any decisions for 2021 until we know what happens with 2020. If we if whether they play a 50 game season, 100 or zero, I don't see how you can make any decisions on your future until baseball makes a decision about this year, which I hope will happen within the next month. Tristan. I, I would agree. I, I mean, my hope is we're going to get something more concrete before Memorial Day. That's not deep enough into the year that it's damaging to Keeper or Dynasty or Dynasty or any of the different long-term types. I think we'll get an answer and a ruling. And at that point, and we'll talk about it on the show and when we get more concrete information, some suggestions as to what to do. Engagement, like what to do in the meantime, we've been talking a lot about sim leagues. We've, we've mentioned all the different styles of games. Why don't you give one of them a try? Uh Dig up old Stratomatic seasons. You and I have been doing old drafts. The the Project Goat's a good one. I, the other I, thing is, like, we're currently in a league right now in which we dra- did a actual ESPN draft, and somebody in the league is running the stats based on the baseball reference simulations. Mm-hmm. So, like, I drafted C.J. Crone because in the first two weeks he had, like, five homers and 15 RBI. I'm dropping C.J. Crone today. But the point is, like, we're actually doing a simulation based on – and it was hard to find a corner infielder. I got to tell you, I'm picking up Kyle Seeger of all people. It's it, But the, the, based on the simulations, like, so you can actually do a league, a fantasy league based on the simulation. You can do a simulation league off of them, and you can do a fantasy league off those stats. So I'm, we're doing that right now. And, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not checking the standings except for once a week when we see them in our email. But uh, that's the way fantasy used to be, too. Yes. You only saw standings once a week. We figured it out then. All righty. Dan wants to know, how do you prevent teams from tanking in a dynasty league, or does it simply come with the territory of running such a league? I don't see how you can. I'm in leagues right now where the first pick in the next draft is not the last place team. It's the first team to miss the playoffs. I don't like that. Um, I'm I'm in simulation leagues, and I hate this rule so much where the worst team picks like 15th in the next draft because they tanked where Tristan, that's a ridiculous rule. I can't believe that rule is still going on in our league. Uh, I know it was voted in, but it's dumb, 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 dumb. Um, you can't so prevent varying opinions in that league. Just to, to talk about that example specifically. You, you can't, you can't do much about tanking. I, I you know, I'm, I, I, I don't have a league like this right now, but how about a relegation type thing like the English Premier League where the, the team in last place gets thrown out of the league? The problem is 
how do you find a new owner to take over in that league? Like, I'm in a league right now, my oldest league, where I'm only in the league because they were desperate for an owner and they brought me back in. They didn't really want me. They just, you know, they didn't have, they, they couldn't find somebody else to own a team. So relegation, I guess, could work if you had a list of people that are next in line and nobody would want to finish last there. I mean, Tristan, what things can you do? I, I don't know what you can do here. I think the right answer here simply comes with the territory, period, end of story. But can <laughs> I'm, I'm ranting here. I, I'm annoyed about this word tanking. I mean, can we stop labeling people tankers in fantasy leagues or sim leagues or whichever? I, I think that there's too much of this criticism coming from competitive teams on the ones who are going with a distinct rebuilding process. If you are, quote, tanking, the proper definition of that is that your league provides some sort of significant incentive to teams that perform badly in the standings. That if you're the last place team, you're getting a more beneficial draft pick or the like. If you have a problem with that, then just change the structure. Find a way that's equitable to everybody that changes the structure. But if you're putting the label of tanking as the team that's not competitive and is deciding to rebuild for next year, that is not tanking that is called rebuilding and there is nothing wrong with it and you have to just deal with that in a dynasty or a keeper league that is part of the process people are going to build for future seasons you should all be always be trying to contend at the soonest point you possibly can and i don't think that that's some sort of black mark on a fantasy manager just because they're trying to do that there's a difference between proper tanking and improper tanking and if you do it the right way it's really rebuilding and people ask, why well, don't I don't like to play in leagues that veto trades. If there's collusion in your league, you're in the wrong league. The people you play with is the most important thing. If you're in a league with somebody who colludes, and I am, I'm in a league somewhere, I'm sure, where there's been collusion. It's hard to prove. Just if you don't like it, leave the league. But it basically, the people you play with is the most important thing. That's why if you're in an expert league, generally there's not going to be collusion because nobody would want to be caught doing it. I'll tell you one way in which we counter the possibility of somebody doing the literal tanking where they are making terrible trades and there's the risk of them bailing out of the league is that, um, and I believe it's my football league only, the, the keeper football league, that if you trade resources related to a future season, you actually have to place an actual investment in the, the, the metaphorical jelly beans for those future years. So for example, if you trade a draft pick for next year or for something right now, that you're required to place some sort of investment in next year's entry. And I think that's a good way to keep people playing this on the up and up is that if you know they're invested for the long haul, not just for this season, then why do you have any problem with what they're doing to make decisions for future years? They're already invested. I like that. I, I think I agree that there's no perfect way and everything's going to be different depending on who you got. Sean saw the article on ESPN.com that has Jesus Lizardo as an immediate impact pitcher in fantasy leagues. He wants to know what the ceiling is for his first 30 starts regardless of what season we're talking about. Uh, well, that was obviously not my article. Um, what um, I like Lizardo, the Lizard, and I think that he would be in Oakland's rotation if they played half a season this year. He did not make any starts for Oakland last year, he pitched in relief six times and was available for the postseason. Um, looked great doing it. Um, if it's a half a season, he could be in that rotation all year long. You know what I mean? Like if, if 2020 was 162 games in six months, he probably would not have made 32 starts. But now, could he make 15 starts without fail? Yeah, he probably could. The upside to me is this is a major strikeout lefty. If he got 200 innings in a season, he could strike out 200 hitters. I would say ERA of 350, 
off the bat, off the top. But um, any concerns? I don't really have any concerns. Who do you like better between Lazardo and Manaya? I mean, Lazardo throws that big sinker. I, I, I don't think he's going to allow a lot of home runs. So the baseball change might be important to him as opposed to Manaya. But right. And what I'm wondering is, are, are we just talking about draft stock for the? Let's start just talking 2021 because I, I I refuse to talk draft stock for a season I don't even know about, but I'm but even, pretty sure 2021 is good. Even then, I feel like Manaya has got a little bit more likelihood of giving you greater volume if the question's related to just his first, thir- first 30 starts and the ceiling. I would argue I like your 350 projection just for kind of the median outcome for Lizardo. I'd say the ceiling is an ERA below three. Uh, the major issue I'd have with Lazardo is I'm going to bet that over the first 30 starts, his average innings per start is going to be shy of six innings. I'm concerned that they're not going to let him pitch very deep into games until he reaches the point of about 15, 20 career starts. And that means he's going to give you 175, 180 innings at best, in which case it's going to be tough for him to exceed 200 strikeouts. But that's still a very good pitcher. If he's a hundred, best case scenario, 180 innings, 200 strikeouts, 290 ERA. Great. That's a near top 10 starting pitcher. Sign me up. Wow, you think he has day one potential to be, I mean, obviously it might be a 5% outcome, but you think there is a non-zero chance that he's top 15? For the next upcoming year? For uh, the next, yeah, year of starts, whether it's half this year, half next, whatever, 30, 32 starts. It's a non-zero chance. I don't don't think it's highly likely. Okay. I I I think he's Chris Paddock. Okay, Ed wants to know both Eric and Tristan talk about not wanting to have a limited power guy to rely on consistently. Does that change if you go super power heavy early to kind of buy yourself a Malik Smith later? Can you make up the difference enough early by drafting all power early? I guess. I guess that's possible. It's just not a it's not a balanced team and it reduces your options on constructing a roster ultimately. If you if you have a Malik Smith, you better make sure you've got everything else offensively. I mean, Malik Smith could steal fifty bases in, in twenty twenty one, assuming he has a starting job, which who knows. So yeah, I just I, I try not to do that in a mixed league. I'd rather not try to do that because you can. Whit Merrifield stealing twenty bases with twenty with eighteen home runs is a lot more valuable. He's, he's doing more things, and it's not just about like a guy having a lot of power as opposed to Malik Smith. It's a guy doing something. Malik Smith could end up a season with four home runs and 25 RBI. You, you can't make that up. No, you can't make that up. The home runs and RBI if you've got Malik Smith. In a competitive league, you need more. He hurts you more than he helps he hurts you more than he helps you. I I think the question effectively answers itself. It's going against our advice in the early rounds, so therefore you're kind of forced to go against our advice in the later rounds. So if that's the direction in which you choose or the direction in which your team gets backed into, then so be it. I We just don't like it. We we would prefer to build around steals, even if it's just incremental steals, 15 or so from several guys in the first 100 picks of your draft. We'd rather build that way than you know do what you're describing, which is you load it up with all power guys in the early rounds. That's going exactly against what we're rec- recommending in the early rounds. Okay, I like that. As long as we're talking potentially a shortened season, I know we mentioned this a week or two ago, but for the last question... Are you more likely to go with a points league over a roto league or head-to-head over roto if we – let's just call it a 
60, a third of a season. Let's 50, 60 games. I think if I had to choose, if they play 50 games, you, you definitely go points over Roto. A Roto League is going to be affected too much by small sample size craziness in wins, saves, stolen bases, maybe even home runs, maybe batting average. In a 50-game season, somebody's going to bat 400. Why can't Luisa Rise of the Twins bat 400 over a 50-game season? Of course he can. But in a points league, it's more accurate. So while I'm a Roto guy, if it's a, if it's a third of a season, I'll be a points guy. I, I'd agree with you. I think Roto awards um, excellence over a greater number of games on the Roto calendar. Yeah. yeah. The, this is the thing about a points league that's very appealing to me is that it, it really is – it's a race. It's like a horse race where it's very easy to tell exactly where you stand at every given second. And there's something about the live standings that that's beneficial there, especially for people who might not be taking the super-duper heavy-duty approach to this game. If it's a shorter year – I'd rather be doing the sprint format of a points league. It's it's like a just a you know what fifty yard dash or something. You know exactly where you stand at every given moment. It's a little bit cleaner standings wise. All right, that all makes sense. That's all we got for questions today. Now we got your trivia, Eric. I've got one, two, seven names for Tristan's five player question. So they might all be in there. I feel good about two of them. And I can't decide between the other five for three spots. I'll repeat right, the question on this one. The question was the five active players who have had a season of at least 40 doubles and 40 home runs. At the same time, the same season. It has to be the same year of 40 plus doubles and 40 plus homers. Five active players. Okay, go ahead, Kyle. I feel good about two. The two I feel good about, Peak Pools had to have done it somewhere in there. He did it three times. Okay, yeah, too high of a batting average. And I, I was looking Coors Field for the other one. I'm thinking Nolan Arenado. He had to have gotten, with a big high batting average, high power, had to have gotten that. He did it Nolan. in 2015. Okay. Now I've got five guys for three spots. All of which could be wrong. So I think Eric probably has a good guess next. Okay, go ahead. No, no, no. I, Kyle, keep going. I want to hear. But, I, yeah, okay. Go, okay, okay, go right. ahead. Eric mentioned Miguel Cabrera when Tristan first asked the question. Yeah, I like that. And he is correct in 2012. Okay. Now I've got four for two spots. We've, my four in order of confidence would uh, – forget order. I have no order of confidence. These four are all toss-ups. I have Bryce Harper, Edwin, J.D. Martinez, and Josh Donaldson when he was a Blue Jay. Maybe two of those four get our answer. One of those is correct. Yeah, not, Har- not Harper. Not Harper? Not Harper, no. Uh, the correct answer out of those was Josh Donaldson, who did it in 2015. Wouldn't have been high on my confidence. Leaving the tough auto. one. So well, what, I, I might, knowing you, there has to be a non-obvious name, and I, I'll go with Baltimore's Chris Davis. Nice work. Wow. Yes. He did it in 2013. Wow. Yeah, I was just enough hits. Mon- no, he 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 had a he had like 280 that year, didn't he? He had a monster year. It's like 360 yeah. by Chris Davis standards. 2013, he batted. Let's see, 287 maybe. Was it even that high? Let's see, 286. Yeah, nicely done. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because it can't be just be obvious names. Like I, I I don't think Trout's done it. Nope. I mean, obviously, by this question, he hasn't. How many 40 home run seasons does Trout have, though? You have two, I think. Yeah, one or uh, two. 
I mean, I was also thinking um, J.D. Martinez. Yeah, he was on mine. Him and Edwin, just like lasting. J.D. Martinez feels like the average power guy because you can't – it's hard to do this if you're hitting 250. Yeah, yeah. The Chris Davis one was the reason I pulled that question. All right, let's yeah, get okay. to Eric's question. This is a Wait, is that one. it? Are we done? Yeah, that's five. You got Pujols, Arenado, Miguel Cabrera, Josh Donaldson. Oh, okay. Bad Chris I was, still, I was still thinking of another name. Um, okay. All right, so what was my question? Let me read it again. Um, and again, this was seven plus war, but no MVPs. Right. Since 1947, one player has seven, seven plus war, seven war seasons. This is Mike Janelle's question. And I guess Boggs, he has six. There's one guy with seven. I eventually got this right. I, I had to look it up a little bit. But um, really good underrated player, actually. Obviously. Yeah, see, I, I'm go, I go to the defensive guys, the guys who pumped up their war by defensive numbers. And you know my favorite of this, so much better than people remember, was Jim Edmonds. Oh, love me some Jim it's a, it's, The player is older than that. Um, yeah, that's what I was afraid of. Yeah, I mean, it's before our time. Neither of us saw him play live. Um, so, and and one way that I knew the name is because, and I'll give this, we'll give it away because I think you would know this part of it. But like, he played after he played after 1947, but he I don't think he played much. I don't think he played while either of us were alive. Let me just check. No. <laughs> Great. Oh, that's a so, tough one. One way that I knew, like, he was the first guy on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Does that give it away? Because it gave it away. I, I knew that. No clue. I'm not good with my covers, um, other than the uh, Sid Finch one. Uh, gosh. He had a lot of power. I don't think he was a notable defensive player, but he had a lot of power and he took a lot of walks. Yeah, see, the thing with, with this is I'm not going to remember my MVPs that well, just throwing names out there. Somehow, Everyone, Eddie Matthews finished, come to mind. He finished second in the MVP voting twice. Mm-hmm. Oh, he wow. is a Hall of Famer. Career war is almost 100. So it's, it's, uh, it's Eddie Matthews. That's who I just said. <laughs> he, see, I thought he won an MVP. No, he finished second a few times. And by the way... So in watching old baseball over the past month, and I actually enjoy watching old baseball. I, I, don't show me – the local channel here is showing me Phillies games from last year. No, I want to see Phillies games from 1975 and 1985. Um, some of the MVP and Cy Young Award voting was absolutely ridiculous. Some of the players that ended up winning these awards and some of the players that didn't, you wouldn't believe it. It boggles your mind. It's not just about wins above replacement people. It's about just looking at numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean some of these – the media were voting for the wrong players for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I mean, relief pitchers winning Cy Young and, and MVP awards, and oh my God, just some. And, and you might think, oh, who cares who wins the awards? It, people are getting into the Hall of Fame based on these awards and to some degree. Stephen Rose, eighty-seven NL Cy Young. I I still don't understand. There's some awful, awful award winners, and I, I believe that was like a chapter in Brian Kenny's book. It's, and by the way, our old friend Keith Law has a book out now. Go check that out and Google it. I can't wait to read that Keith Law's book. Um, anyway, I think we're done for today. Um, weird show, but hopefully a good one. Um, check out, of course, the NFL Draft this whole weekend. It is on ESPN and ABC. And um, play your sim baseball. Try to get through the weekend. Please be safe. Please be healthy. Just 
take it seriously, man. It's le- what's happening in this country and in the world is pretty legit and pretty scary and pretty much ain't going to be over in May. So please be safe <laughs> and uh, have an awesome weekend.